Welcome to Loving the Christ Life. I'm Brad Wilson. What a blessing to be with you each week, and especially right now during this marvelous Christmas season. Our wonderful producer, Teresa Ferraro, goes into the archives, finds these messages for us each week, and she's done a wonderful job finding another Christmas season message from Warren Litzman. We're so excited to bring it to you. Let's get right into it. Here's Warren. Christmas is really all about a birthing. And that's probably the most important part about Christmas, but it is also the part about Christmas that is most criticized, most not believed in. I've been told that over 50% of religious ministries and many of them bona fide Christian ministries do not believe in the virgin birth. But here at this place, we not only believe that it happened in Bethlehem long ago, that Christ was born, born of a virgin, born as a Savior in this world, but it also means that it opened up to us a new understanding of what human beings were to have happened to them. Just as Christ was born into this world by another who knew no man, so has every born-again believer been birthed by God, knew no man, but have had placed in them the seed of God, whereby we've had a Christmas too. Christmas that took place long ago when the angel appeared unto Mary and said that there is a seed that had been placed in you and this seed comes from the Heavenly Father and this seed is Christ who will save the world from their sins. So it is that when every human being now is born again, they have this same seed put in them, the same Christ in them as their hope of glory. And so Christmas is really all about a birthing. Now, most of the world has missed this. Most of the religious world has missed this. Most of the religious world doesn't believe that a human being can be born again, let alone, as Jesus said, they must be born again. They don't even believe that it can happen. But to those that do believe it, to those who do practice this very biblical truth, where Christ is placed in the believer and a new life is given to them, a new creation life, a whole new existence is introduced to the human once they accept Christ as their personal Savior. All of this comes back to Christmas, more or less, because it was at Christmas that humanity got the first idea of what it is God is doing on this earth. What he was doing was was bringing his son in a literal sense to this earth to live among us, to be one of us, and finally to die with us and for us on the cross. At the same time, it was God's intention that this be perfected, that it be continued. And it was, with the coming of the Apostle Paul's ministry, we're introduced to the great mystery, the great mystery which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, the great mystery which signally says that every human being can and will have Christ in them. 
There's a second thing that happened at Christmas that is being further reproduced today. And that is the Christ that is birthed in us is a projection of the Father's nature. That we not only have what some people call a figurative thing called a new birth or a idealistic thing called a new birth, but we have a literality that has to do with the new birth being born again. When we are born again, we not only receive the Father's seed, which we now know to be Christ, but we also receive in that seed the very nature of God. You have to always remember that when God decided to put Christ in human beings to be their life, that his intention was that this would be the best way for human beings to become my child as if I had birthed them or I did birth them myself, as if I had taken my own life and put it in them through my son, Jesus. This is plainly spoken of in many different ways in the Gospels where Jesus says, I can do nothing of myself. Or he would say, I only do what I see my father do. Or he would say, the father and I are one. So God had it in his mind, a part of his plan, that when he placed Christ in human beings, that the human would have in them for the first time the very nature of their father. The God nature would be in them. So when a believer is rebirthed, they have entered into that phase of God's ultimate intention that his children have his very nature. Now it is believed by many psychologically and I suppose scientifically that the nature of a child comes directly from the father who is the projector of the seed, who is the one who places the seed in the mother and causes a child to be born. And so the nature comes from the father. When a believer is born again, they have the God nature. Now this supersedes anything religious we have ever to happen to us. I grew up in a Baptist church. I grew later into uh, Pentecostalism. I grew later into faith ministries. And, and now then I've come to Paul's ministry as the ultimate and the final way of knowing God. But in all of these things, I have the God nature in me and didn't know it because the Apostle Paul is the only one that ever makes that clear in any of his writings about who and what we are by Christ in us. So Christ's birth in a human being is their Christmas. That's, that's really what it's all about. We are honoring by the celebration of Christmas the fact that Christ now lives in human beings. Think about that for a moment. Because you're not going to get that message anywhere in the world. You're not going to get this message from most in religion. But every born-again believer is able to celebrate a continuous Christmas. What is Christmas? Christmas is where the lights are beautiful, where the plan of God opens up. Christmas is where uh, we see the nature of God in action. In, in giving, uh, old Santa Claus, he is personified this aspect in that he is the giver. But the giver is that nature within us, Christ that is in us, the God nature. 
is a giving nature. So we could go on and on and discuss and talk about those various aspects that are a, a part of our unique creation. So what has happened to the human being is that when he is born again, he enters into a Christmas of his own. He enters into a place where God has put his seed in him. And this is more than just making a person religious or even a spiritual being. It is more than that. What it is really, it's God finishing his creation. Every person that is rebirthed, who accepts Christ as their Savior, uh, as Paul would say in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. So the creation is there. But it doesn't become a finished creation until we come to the knowledge that God has put his seed in us and that we by that have become completed human beings. Always keep in mind that no human being born on this earth is completed on God's part until they accept Christ as their Savior. And so it is important that we look into some of these aspects and get, get, the, get the real feeling about what it means to be a, a Christian, what it means to be saved. Because all of this opens up to us at Christmas. I love Christmas. I have always loved Christmas. As a little boy, I liked it because I got things from it. But now I love Christmas because I see through everything there to what is God's plan, how he intended that another person living in the human being would bring the joy and the happiness and the peace that we have in knowing Christ as our life. We really have to go to the manger to see God's plan in its simplicity. Oh, it's such a simple plan. It's such a simple plan to see that religion and theologians and men still argue over the fact are no fact of the virgin birth. To see that it all gets wasted in them trying to figure it out is critical. It's critical because it's a very simple thing. When God sent his son to this earth, that son had come to this earth to finish what was in God's plan from the very beginning. He came to this earth to complete human beings by putting another life in them, not trusting what the human being had come to within himself, not trusting the human being to perfect himself in any way. His whole intention was to put another life in the human being, and that's what Christianity is all about. When we go to the manger, we see how simple it was. God had put his seed in the little 14-year-old girl in Nazareth, Mary, and finally she came to the bringing forth of the child some nine months later. It was a simple thing because every person coming to life in this world comes to life exactly as Jesus did in little Mary. But it was a God's seed. And now then, as born-again believers, we're able to see how that God 
placing his son in us, Christ in us, our hope of glory, is a very simple thing. But it's a thing that you have to learn about, know about, come to the knowledge of. The scriptures are clear. But there's so many people who read the scriptures who just don't get it. They just don't get the idea at all about what it means to be a Christian. And so when you go to the manger, you can see some very important things that happened on that Christmas morning when Christ came into the world and had his beginning of his birthdays. We celebrate his birthday now, but that in the manger was before it had his first year, in fact. Two or three things about Mary I want to talk to you about. One of them is she was chosen. She was a chosen vessel. She was chosen by God out of all the young women in the world of that day. It was an awesome thing that God chose Mary of Nazareth. It was an awesome thing that he was going to trust a little 14-year-old girl at that time a 14-year-old girl was like a, like a full-grown woman almost. And nowadays, they're, they're just teenagers. But he trusted her with the awesome responsibility of bringing forth Christ out of her life. She was a chosen vessel. And so that opens up the idea that every human being is nothing but a vessel. We were intended by God to be vessels. We first possessed a life that was contrary to our creation. Wasn't anything in our creation that fit the old sin nature that was put in us when Adam and Eve committed their sin and passed it on to us. But that same old sin nature never fit us. It will never fit a human being. I don't care what people in the world say. I don't care what very sinful people say about how happy and how wonderful it is for them to be who they are, I'd have to tell you that they're never what they ought to be without Christ in them because they were created to be vessels needing another life in them. And so even as Mary was chosen out of all the young women in the world of her day, so have everyone who accepts Jesus as their Savior, a chosen vessel to possess this same Christ. Christ in you. Chosen by God and placed in you has been another life. Now you can live in religion all your days after accepting Jesus as a Savior and never come to the knowledge of this life in the Son. John would say in his epistle that the life is in the Son. And he that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son hath not life. It's that simple. So the life that is in the human being as a Christian is the Son life. It's Christ in you. That's Christmas. That's where you ought to wake up every day to the beautiful and the glorious aspect of Christmas, knowing what Christmas is, knowing what Christmas can do for you. It is the Spirit of God working in the believer, bringing out the love of God, the joy of the Lord, and the peace of God. Well, Mary was chosen. Every one of us are chosen too. 
in Ephesians 1 and 4, one of our prime texts says that according as he has chosen us in Christ. Chosen us to be in Christ before the world was created. Well, you see, dear friends, you and I are nothing but vessels. We, we are containers that were created by God to contain Christ. Our container has been messed up by Adam's sin and an old sin nature. But at the cross, Jesus put the sin nature out and made us new creations in Christ Jesus. New creations in Christ Jesus. Second thing about Mary was that during her time that Christ was undelivered in her, from the time that the Holy Spirit placed the seed in her to the time she was ready to deliver the child, she went nine months in a very difficult period. One thing that made that first Christmas morning in Bethlehem so important was that she was through with one great trial of having Christ in her and having to stand alone under God's authority to bear this child. I make no pretense to you that once you see Christ as your life, that God has placed his seed in you and Christ is beginning to take over your whole being in your life, it won't be an easy thing. It's kind of like the woman's nine month of pregnancy. It's kind of like the hurt and the pain that comes with the ultimate delivery of the child. We see some wonderful things happen during that period of time. Mary had no one to turn to. She had no one that cared. Her family had stood against her. Her brothers and uh, sisters, whatever there was in the family, had stood against her. She was all alone. There wasn't anybody outside of her family that knew what was going on who stood with her except one lady several miles away was a lady named Elizabeth. She was heavy with child too. This was all a God thing. And so Mary, I believe, led of the Spirit, went to see Elizabeth. And Elizabeth had that foreknowledge of the Holy Spirit working in her and knew, knew something about Mary. And so she built her up. While there, Elizabeth said to her that that holy thing which is in you shall save us from our sins. Christ in you brings forth that very truth. You may not know it, but just as Christ was in Mary, Christ in you today is a living Savior through you for a dying world. Bear that in your mind. It'll not be an easy life to come to the assurance of who you are in Christ. Though this is Paul's almost entire message, Christ in you, the hope of glory, it is still necessary that you bear the responsibility 
in the hope that all of the pain and hurt that you have will bring forth a glorious time in Christ, in the Lord. One other thing she went through. She had a continual confirmation, I think from the Holy Spirit and from the powers that God had sent to minister to her. A constant confirmation. As you know, I often make the statement that our forgetter works better than our remember. And the confirmation becomes important. Fellow said to me one time, why is it every time you get up and talk, you talk about Christ living in human beings? Well, of course, I thought that was a very foolish question he asked me. I answered it eventually. But it was foolish because there is no other kind of salvation. Christianity has no other hope other than Christ living in us. He's our hope of glory. And so for us to get the idea, that's all you're talking about, seems kind of strange to me. It's strange because most Christians don't know it. As I often say, 90% of born-again Christians do not know that Christ lives in them and that that was God's main plan of salvation. That was the way he intended that he do it. So what do we do? When we preach the gospel, we confirm it. I've heard of people who preached a single gospel. There's one or two great men in the past that every time they preached, they preached the love of God. That's powerful. That's, that's a great message. Uh, when I was Baptist, every time we preached, we preached something about salvation, getting saved, because that's the way you fill up a church building and you get people to go to work for the Lord and as well as save them out of hell. But uh, you, you kind of had a single message. Well, I've got a single message now, and that message is the confirmation that Christ lives in every believer that has been saved. Every believer born again has Christ living in them. That's the real thing about Christmas. That's why I had Anna to read scripture because I wanted that to be an important point made in this message. Because I think little children sitting around a Christmas tree are looking at all the presents and all of the, the glitz and the glory of Christmas decorations and so forth. I want them to know that the purpose of all of it was somebody who birthed a child that made the difference. The difference is in Christ. That's his name, Christmas Christmas. Well, the world may have come up with other names. They tried to do that, you know. They tried to do that last year to give it other names, and that didn't work good in America. So we're confirmers. My purpose in life is to confirm to everybody every time I get a chance that they have no life of their own. It's Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ. I no longer live, yet I do live. Though it is not I, it is Christ who lives in me. So we come to this very important place 
where we confirm to each other, as Elizabeth did to Mary. When you see somebody in need, you see somebody that hurts, somebody that's sick, somebody going through a hard time, if they have accepted Christ as their Savior, what you need to do is to be a confirmer to them. What do you confirm? You confirm that Christ lives in them. You confirm that. That's what Elizabeth did to uh, Mary when Mary was downcast and had nowhere else to turn. God gave Elizabeth the message that that holy thing within you is to save us from our sins. And so our mission is to do the same. We are to confirm that. What's behind it all? Out of these vessels made out of dirt, we are to bring forth a Savior. Everyone that is human has Christ in them when they accept Jesus as their Savior. That Jesus wants to come forth from them like they are. That's what Christianity is. And so each one of us are to bring forth a living Savior to a world that's dying. It's dying and perishing all about us. I know you can get mad at the things going on in the world, but that's a dying issue. You understand that? I don't like what's on television. I don't like what's in the movies. I don't like what religion is doing in a lot of places. But you know what? All of that's dying. That has no fruitfulness. That has no future. Because it's dying. Our mission is to bring forth a living Savior to that dying world. Always when I visit somebody that's sick or go to a hospital where I'm to minister to people, the first thing I tell them when I get there is, Christ in you is your hope. Not me, not somebody's prayer of faith, but Christ in you is your hope. He's the answer. When you go through a struggle, it's Christ in you that makes the difference. And so I encourage you to that all-important truth. Oh, what a wonderful Christmas message from Warren Litzman. We're so glad that we have this one to bring to you this week. Thank you for being with us. Let us encourage you to go to our website, christ-life.org, and read all about the Christ Life message that we bring to you each week in our organization and this special In Christ message. Robbie Litzman, God bless you. Thank you for letting us go into the archives each week. Valerie Hill, thank you for running our Twitter account. Tammy Laycock does our weekly podcast reports, and we're so grateful for that and so grateful for Teresa Ferraro, who is our producer for the Christ Life Fellowship. Again, we hope you're having a blessed Christmas season and look forward to a happy new year ahead. Until next time, I'm Brad Wilson, loving the Christ life.